Well, thanks so much for having me today. It's really amazing to be here. I really, well, just working in events and just really felt such a sense of family. And you are my family. Um, but it's also really good to actually feel, feel it. Um, uh, as well as having, obviously, having the image of the fact that you are my family. So today I'm going to be talking on um, intercession and the unity of God. Um, it's not an easy topic. Um, I don't profess to know everything about intercession or unity. But um, it's just something that the Lord has been speaking to me about. And um, for those of you who are doing Bible school, um, when you get to Bible school free, um, there is a lot more information um, on intercession. And um, I don't think I've done it any justice. There's a good 20 pages in there and just rules and rules of really good things to know about intercession. And if you read the Bible, there's even more in there about intercession and prayer. <laughs> anyway, so this is my, my best attempt at um, just you know, sharing a little bit about um, intercession and unity in the body. So first up um, is a scripture just from 2 Timothy. And this is really just illustrates that there are, there are different types of prayers that we can actually pray. So Timothy says, I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. And I'm, I'm not going to profess to be an English student or English professor. I've actually got a maths and science brain. I don't know all the English language very well at all. Um, but I just want to make there is a distinction between the different types of prayers. So I just want you to keep that in the back of your mind. So if we go into the next slide. Um, Basically, I've, I've, I've given my best attempt at kind of breaking down step two between prayer, because I think these are the ones that we most often do, prayer and intercession. So prayer starts with what you know and, and what you know about yourself and what you know about God and what you know about the Bible. Um, and it's, it's you know, um, asking God for your daily bread and for your sin second. Whereas intercession differs slightly in the sense that it starts and ends with God. You, you, you listen out for what God is saying or you understand what God's heart is trying to say to you and you pray into that thing. I have lots of water here. We can have a baptism later. What's the story? <laughs> Thank you so much. Not just the single portion, so the double portion. Very blessed. Exactly. Um, but sometimes, and we will see this in an example a little bit later on, but um, sometimes we won't necessarily hear um, God's matter on a subject. Um, but what we would need to do is pray through what we know about God. And I will show this to you in an example so it will become clear. So first up, um, we see, um, this is Jesus who teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as he has also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So can you see how that prayer is just a very, I won't call it a simple prayer because I know it's a very effective prayer, but it's, it's really about what you know and understand about God. If we then move on to the next example, which is in Job. Now I've, I've used three different examples to illustrate intercession. Um, this is the first one. So um, Job obviously had sons and daughters, um, and every year his sons used to hold feasts in their home on their birthdays. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each one of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And this became Job's regular custom. And 
As a result of this, we can see that it wasn't Job's children who were known as righteous, it was God and Job who was known as righteous at the end of the day. So he conceded on behalf of his children. Um, in the next example, um, which is in Exodus, wonderful, um, and this is where an example of what I've spoken about where you don't necessarily hear God on a subject, but you know something about the character of God. So Moses has just gone up the mountain and he's been speaking to God and he's been away so long that the people have become frustrated. Um, and so they go to Aaron and say, listen, we don't know what's happened to your servant Moses. You know, he's taking his time. Um, we would like to, to worship a God. Could we connect to the gold here? And we want to create a, um, a calf and we want to bow down and worship this calf. And I don't know why, but he agrees. He wants the people to gather the world to make a calf. And at the same, same time, God says, Moses, what are your people doing? They've, they've actually made to gold and they've created a calf and they're now worshipping this calf. And he says, that's it, I've had enough. I'm going to blight them. We'll start again, we'll start fresh. And at this point, Moses says, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people who you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was the evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountain and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Then he says, turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be the inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring his people the disaster that he had threatened. So do you see what happens is sometimes it's about hearing what, what the Spirit is saying, but sometimes it's also about praying through the promises that we know are true about God. Um, in the next example, um, is in two kings. Um, Elisha um, was asleep, and the king, uh, one of, I don't know who the enemy was at the time, had come and simply, what is that word? Surrounded. Wonderful. Surrounded. <laughs> Surrounded the city. And the servant rushes to Elisha and wakes him up and says, Sir, sir, you know, we're just about to be besieged. Wake up. And Elisha's very nonchalant about the situation. He's like, oh, it's not I want it. <laughs> and then um, Elisha actually became a bit frustrated with his servant. And eventually he says, uh, Then Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha was um, able to see in the spirit, so he, he knew what was happening in the spiritual realm, which is why he obviously wasn't phased, but his servant wasn't. So we know that through prayer there is an ability to, to pray over somebody so that they can see in the spirit and they can see a situation for what it is. So we've got the example of just praying over somebody, so we see that in Job, we see the example of uh, Moses praying through the promises and what he believes to be true about God, and then we actually see somebody addressing something in the spirit so that somebody can see. Um, in 2 Corinthians, um, we start seeing what or why that there is something in the spirit that we need to pray through. So it says, the weapons you fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive any thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, 
Um, and you see this again reiterated, but this uh, scripture actually gives us um, recommendation of what we, what we need to do with that. Um, so in Ephesians 6, it says, Fly struggle is not against flesh and blood, so that's what we see with the Elisha, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And here it comes. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may, may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done anything, to stand. Stand firmly with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the best placed, uh, best plate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take the sword of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of truth, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, yeah, that just really just shows us what it is and what, what it is that we're praying for and what we're praying against. It's obviously the, the, the heavenly realms and the spiritual principalities. We're not fighting, obviously, a physical battle. Um, but it's when it's in the spirit. So the next slide, um, I just wanted to kind of give some components of intercession. And I think it's, it's very, we need to be mindful of the fact that there's no method to entering God's presence. There's no method to um, praying, praying to God and coming to Him and interceding for somebody. But I just wanted to kind of put some ideas down, um, you know, something to consider um, in your own quiet times, in your own praying, in your own intercession with God of things to consider. Um, so f first one up is really just about quieting your heart and your mind. Um, I think sometimes you know, when you've had a really busy day at work, you can come in from the day and there's a thousand things buzzing around in your head. And it's really quite distracting and actually not being able to hear what God is saying to you. So really just to try and quieten your head and your heart. Yeah, head and heart. Um, so you can actually focus on what the Lord is trying to say to you. I've put repentance in there. Now, repentance is, is quite a, a big one. I mean, repentance is always important. I mean, obviously, we've got um, Jesus, who's, who's the righteous gift um, for us, and we're going to go on a different tangent and we're trying to stay on track. So, but it is important to repent. Um, I think sometimes, you know, even if you consider yourself having a conversation, if I was having a conversation with Jim, and if there was a problem between Jim and I, and I'm not addressing this bigger problem, I'm just talking about everything else. Jim's going to be receiving saying, you know, can we just stop this conversation and can we talk about the real issue here before we carry on? And I think it's the same with God. You know, um, we know that there's a scripture that says, you know, take the log out of your own eye before you take the, the spin out of somebody else's eye. I think it's the same sort of principle. You know, first address the issue that, that you're having before you go on to address or intercede on behalf of somebody else. Um, then remind yourself of who you're actually praying to. I think sometimes we forget that we're praying to a God who's alive. We're praying to a God who's sitting on the throne today. We're praying to a God who sits, whose son sits on the right hand and who's actually interceding for us. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't quite understand how the Israelites got to a place where they wanted to bow down and pray to a golden calf who can't hear, can't see, can't do anything for them. I mean, I can't judge them because I'm not in their situation. But we know that our God is alive. 
and he, he speaks to us daily and he responds and he heals us and, 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 and there's just so much. So, um, yeah, just remind yourself that God heals you today when you pray. He may not answer today, which is a different story, but he heals you today. <laughs> um, then honestly listen and discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And the Holy Spirit is a gift that we've been given. Um, we know that. Um, and, and specifically for the ability to be able to hear and to guide us um, here on earth. So, so do listen out for what the Holy Spirit is saying. Speak and self-forget. Prophesy and stand in faith. We know that without faith it's impossible to please God. So we need to, when we, when we prophesy, when we speak, when we speak of the character and the things we know that God's promised us, stand in faith. Don't say, oh well, God, you know, your kingdom is going to come. You know, really stand, stand bold and say, God, your kingdom is going to come. Let your word go out until every last person on this earth has heard it. End of story. Full stop. Breaking. Full stop. Um, yeah, and be sure of the fact that this is what God has promised us. I've also got the record, what you hear and what you pray, because as I said, God doesn't necessarily answer things today, but He may do in 18 months, sometimes 18 years. Um, God spoke to me about well, 10 months ago now, and He spoke to me about um, actually preaching and teaching. Um, and some of the other prayers I've prayed 15, 20 years, not quite 17 years ago, and I'm still waiting. And so when He spoke to me about preaching and teaching, I thought, oh, okay, 10 is time, cool. I can wait. <laughs> Alas, it was six months later. So, um, yeah, God's time is different for our timing, so be mindful of that. So write it down, so you need to remind yourself, because um, sometimes 17 years, um, well, for example, I've been praying for my parents' salvation for 17 years, so I haven't forgotten about that prayer. Um, but there are other things that you would have prayed in the past that God has, has heard and has answered it in due course. Give thanks. Always very important. Um, well, I think it ties in so beautifully with what Mel said earlier on today. You know, um, when David came, you know, the first thing he says, "God, I love you." And I think it's the same like with giving thanks, God. Like God, thank you for who what you are in my life. Thank you for what you've given me. And as I've said, it's you know everything that we've got, we've got from Him. And then lastly, if you need to see in your body, ensure that there's unity. And this is really what I really wanted to talk to about today. I was just talking about unity, just the importance of unity in your body. Specifically when we pray. So next slide. So Matthew 18, it says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with you. So we start seeing a really beautiful picture of, of unity and what um, God does through unity, which we will come to. There's quite a few examples that I've got um, to show you. But, so first up in Psalms um, 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the, on the head, running on the beard, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of heaven were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. 
You saw beautiful red pictures of our beauty and just how blessed is God and, and that blessing returns a blessing to us. So why is unity so important? Um, so I've written a couple of points there and when I was actually putting this sermon together, I did actually read quite a few other websites of other churches and what they say about prayer and words of prayer. And I can't think of one website that didn't say the same thing. In that with unified and words of prayer, we will see divine possibilities in our cities and our nations that we would never believe to be true. There's something that is released when we come together in unity and pray over cities and nations, obviously. Then the other thing we came across was the fullness of God is only released to the unified church. So if we, if we do, and the last example we look at, we will see the fullness of God. What we, yeah, in the, in, in the church of Acts, you'll see the fullness of God being released when they come together in unified and um, pray. Um, and as a result, in order for there to be unity, there will be a price for us to pay. So Ephesians, it says to us, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now the next slide, I'm really sorry I've had to put it up there because it's a little bit funny and brimstone. And I'm always mindful that, um, yeah, I think we do need to preach both sides of God. Um, yeah, that, that we serve a just God, that we serve a God who is kind and gracious. But there are other elements as well. And I, I, f I feel like I'd be missing the PPM if I didn't tell you about this one. It's like almost going to a store and buying a car and they're going to tell you the good bits and they don't tell you that you need to put petrol in and you need to pump up your tires and whatever the case is, you need to pay tax. But they're just not. Um, and yeah, there are things that we do need to consider, and I, um, the reason why I'm hesitant about it is because I'm mindful when we see examples of the ones that I'm going to go through, we can quite quickly or easily become um, fearful of the Lord. And we know that um, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So just keep that in the back of your mind as we go through these examples. So Adam and Eve, um, I just wanted to give an example of disunity. So what happened with Adam and Eve? They obviously conspired to become as knowledgeable as God. Um, and through eating the apple, they were then obviously um, brought sin into the world and were also cast out of Eden. So there's an example of disunity there. And um, also in the Old Testament, we see the people building the Tower of Babel. And that was another example of people wanting to become like God. And when God saw the city that they had built, he thought, you know, if, if this is what they're able to do together, what else can they accomplish in their unity? And so at that point, he obviously scattered them through um, changing their language and scattered them across the earth. We see the example of Ananias and Sapphira. Now that's in the, um, in the New um, in the Book of Acts, so the New Testament. And what they did is that they conspired together and lied to the Holy Spirit and it was about money. And they had no obligation to bring the money, they brought out their own goodness of their heart. But what they, they did wrong was that they actually lied about how much money they brought because they kept a portion back and they said actually no, this is the full amount that we've brought you. They had no obligation to bring that money at all. But the problem is that they lied about it and they, they dropped dead right there. Talk about instant judgment. 
Comic seems very funny where there's instant judgment and sometimes where there's not a critical incident. But what I do know is that I'm not God. Yay. And what I do know that God is on the throne and he's, he's the righteous judge about these situations. And then lastly, Judas. So there wasn't really any unity with Judas, but what I do know is that he obviously broke unity with his brothers and broke unity with Jesus. Um, and we knew what happened to Judas. Judas. And the one thing that really struck me about these examples were whether it was a breaking disunity was, was around other money or it was around um, becoming as knowledgeable as God or taking knowledge into your own hands. Um, so it was just something to keep in the back of your minds. Okay. So back on community, which is obviously the important one. <laughs> I saw an example about um, if you've got a hundred pianos and they all play the same key, just a beautiful sound that that makes. But what happens when uh, one of those pianos starts playing a different key? And what happens if other pianos around that piano start playing that same key and everybody else is playing this key over here? And um, I didn't think for a moment that maybe there'd be an orchestra, but it's not. It won't be an orchestra. Because, you know, when there's different keys playing, that sounds not going to be pleasant at all. It's obviously only if it's organized and more developed, but I'm going to stick that example to the side because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking really just about when people start playing their own tune. That isn't and can't be pleasing to the mind. It's only when there's that unified key being played that that becomes pleasing to the mind. And I heard a very good example from um, Marcus in the, um, the Guildford Church, and he was, just ex- he was explaining to me about um, if you take a piece of paper and you, you cut it into little strips, into pieces, say, so you need five centimeters. So you take this one to cut that one, and then you take the second one to cut the third one. He said, by the time you get to the hundredth one, if you look at it, it's so much longer than the original one, because you're not actually copying the original measurement. And it's the same sort of concept as this one here. So if we t- every time we take the original five centimeter piece and cut the next one, cut the next one, then we will all be equal. And it's the same sort of concept of being in unison. So then it kind of leads on to the next question. So what is that thing that we, that first five centimeter strip or that one key that's supposed to be played? And if we go on to um, the next verse in John 17, it actually tells us who is that standard. And that's Jesus. And so this is just before he goes on to be killed, to, be, to die on the cross for us. He prays for his disciples. And he also prays for, for believers and obviously um, the world. But this is the bit where he's praying to the Father. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through the message. And that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So that's who, who it is that we're supposed to be echoing falling in line with or falling in tune with is Jesus. Jesus is that standard. Um, let me just talk about um, how to actually maintain unity. And as I've spoken about, um, yeah, having unity within the church does come at a cost. So in Colossians it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and being loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with each other. There's a sentence if you heard on here. Bearing with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all of these things, uh, sorry, and all, and over all 
wants to choose personal love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Right. Just to kind of bring on to the last example, and this is going to be finished because I know it's, it's been quite intense with the number of scriptures and verses and things, but this is hopefully going to sum up what I want to say to you today. And it's really about when we come together in unity and pray to God, what can be accomplished? So Peter and John have been arrested. Um, they are now before the chief priests. And the chief priests are saying to them, stop what you're doing, stop preaching. And they said, well, should we listen to you or should we listen to God? Who should we listen to? And they just reiterated them, stop preaching, stop what you're doing. And send them on their way. So on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together and prayed to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, He made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do nations rage and peoples pass away when the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate went together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power, uh, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. My Lord, consider their hearts and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders for the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now I think if, if we are going to, as a church, reach nations and generations, this is a place we need to get to. And it starts with unity with, with, with each other with each other. Obviously we can't achieve anything without God. But um, yeah, the unity that exists amongst brothers and sisters in Christ is just so important. So I want to end off there today. Um, but I thought maybe if we can just hold hands, stand and hold hands. And um, we can just say a quick prayer. And if anybody wants to pray afterwards, if have to pray through, please let me know. Come to the front and feel that somebody who will be willing to pray with you. Thank you. Precious Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you so much for the body, which is just such a, a precious gift that has come from you, Father God. We pray that not only would you unite us physically by holding hands, Lord, but we pray that you would unite our hearts and our minds, Lord, to be focused on you, to be that one accord together, Lord. And we just pray for the prayers that we could pray, like in the book of Acts, Father God, that we could see this nation change, Lord, through our unity, through the prayers that we pray, Father God. And so we just want to come and commit ourselves to you, Father, as this empty vessels, this broken jars of clay. And we pray, Lord, that you would come and fill us with your Holy Spirit, Father God. We just come and empty ourselves before you, Lord. For life is nothing without you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.